0: Well, welcome to another award-winning episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. My name's Dave. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It is podcast number 21. Today is actually Memorial Day, and uh, I know you probably won't hear this on Memorial Day because it's a podcast. It's not live. But I did want to share a couple of thoughts on Memorial Day. Um, My dad was a veteran of... uh, Bomber uh, crew member in World War II. He was a navigator. Um, And I was just looking at some of his entries that he wrote in this book when he was about 25 years old. So uh, here's one. Uh, Monday, August 7th. I don't know what year this is, um, but I'm going to guess 1944 or 43. Here's what he wrote. He says, um, bombed a synthetic oil plant. In Blackhammer, Germany today, the plane on our left received a direct hit in the left wing, flipped over on its back, and went down. About a second later, one burst under us and bounced us up on one wing, and I thought we were going down with them, but we didn't. Number two, which means the number two engine, number two did some smoking for a while, though. Some ME-109s, that's a German fighter, shot some rockets, but didn't hit us. Uh another one. So let's just um let's just grab one here. Um uh, let's see July 25th, Tuesday. Took a sailboat ride and went swimming. There is a very acute girl shortage here, so 95% of the fellows have to go everywhere stag, went to a dance in the evening but didn't have much fun. So isn't it isn't funny it's it's like One day, he's risking his life and close to dying. Next day, he goes to a dance. He goes sailing. Uh, Another one. uh, Bombed marshalling yards at Bucharest, Hungary today. I flew as the nose turret navigator in the lead plane. I hit the target all right, but navigation wasn't very good. Got in flak over Sarajevo, where we had no business being. I don't think anyone was hit. It'll take me a while to live down my share of the blunder, though. Good, I wasn't the lead navigator. The next day, took off to bomb an oil refinery in Budapest, Hungary, but had to come back because flaps on the plane wouldn't retract. I have been in the Army three years, sure never expected to be here this long when I got drafted. Isn't that interesting? I mean, he goes on and on. There's, you know, just pages and pages of entries. You know, back in World War II, they had no idea when it was going to end. And apparently, I think a lot of Americans thought the war was going to last just a few months, maybe a year. Um, but of course it ground on for about four years last one here's friday july 7th i dropped bombs on germany today it was a common procedure for navigators to watch the lead plane in the formation and if their bombardier still hadn't dropped their bombs after the lead bombardier had dropped his the navigator was to hit the toggle switch and drop them we bombed a synthetic oil plant we were in flak those are bombs that explode in the air that are meant to take out airplanes for 14 minutes and lost two planes I saw six parachutes open when one B-24 went down. We got six holes in our plane. One missed me by about a foot and hit a hydraulic line, which sprayed the nose compartment with hydraulic fluid. We were in the air for eight and a half hours." And this just goes on and on and on. It's a big book of, um, you know, his life. And and, uh, I don't know, just for Memorial Day, I thought that was kind of appropriate to read part of that. Um, But we're going to talk about some other stuff too. Um, uh, What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about fidget spinners really quickly. Uh, Thanks to my buddy Nate, who actually works in special ed. And he said that uh, he wrote me an email that said that um, he listened to last week's podcast. He said that fidget spinners really aren't. What most kids with special needs or ADHD need, and for kids that don't have ADHD, they're just kind of an excuse to not do your work or your homework and sit there and play with your fidget spinner rather than do your math homework. So, hey, you know what? They're fun. They're a toy. Whatever. Um, when you were a kid, what did they have? Giga pets, Tamagotchis. What did they have when you were a kid that distracted you? Uh, Carson had the Kendama and they kind of came and went within a year or two they're still around but they're not popular like they were uh, the Kendamas were the thing with a ball on the string and they had two little cups on on the handle and you would try to catch the ball in the cup or on the handle remember those uh, when I was a kid we had uh, they called them clackers or or wacky clackers they were two plastic hard plastic balls about the size of a of a peach or smaller than that i guess about the size of a golf ball on a string and then you would swing them and make them clack of course they'd bruise the hell out of your arms and they'd hit you in the hand at full speed and they were not a lot of fun but um those were i guess probably every generation has its thing uh and uh, there's a little bit about it on the facebook page uh facebook uh "Take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything okay had to share this story with you before we get to the chapter of the book today uh, the the story that I heard is really interesting. I read this in uh, uh, on the New York Post uh, online this morning that rich men from New York, They go to the Hamptons in the summer. They go to the Hamptons and hang out. And I guess the Hamptons are beautiful and they're full of rich, beautiful people, men and women. And what do beautiful people do uh, when they get together? They hook up. Well, hell, ugly people do it too, but it's more fun to think about the beautiful people hooking up. Well, that's what they do, I guess, in the summer in the Hamptons. Uh, Single people and maybe married people hook up. So here's what men are doing Before they go to the Hamptons, if they're wealthy, they are getting a vasectomy so they don't accidentally get some hookup or some fling pregnant. Why is it that important? Well, think about it. If you're a millionaire and you're going to the Hamptons for the summer or to spend a couple of weeks, um, you don't want to give away thousands and thousands of dollars a month in child support to somebody who intentionally or maybe unintentionally got pregnant. Guy tells a story. He's like, look, I'm rich. Um, I hooked up with a girl in the Hamptons. I used a condom. And afterward, she went in the bathroom. I guess she took the condom with her. Well, you know what's coming next. She was in there for a long time, he says. So he went in, opened the door, went in. There she was sitting on the toilet trying to put the contents of the condom in her vagina. And of course, he freaked out. He made her take a shower. He made her wash, uh, rinse, repeat, shampoo, whatever it is. And uh, but after that, he realized, you know what? I'm not going to take a chance with this because as it's 2017, and I don't think that there are a lot of women that are like that, but just like there are sleazy men, there are sleazy women too and being trapped and on the hook for not just the money, but a lifetime of emotion and being a father or a parent. See, I think the thing is, is nobody should ever decide for you that you are going to be a parent. And why not? Why shouldn't a guy get a vasectomy? Women go on birth in order to avoid having a kid with a summer fling. Women that are not married go on birth control. So they have sexual um, freedom right so why should we look at guys and go well wait you shouldn't have sexual freedom you should wear a condom well condoms can break and condoms can slip off Um, so I don't know but it's funny because the women on Twitter that were talking about this were just bashing these guys and I thought I don't I don't really get it is it just because it's really fashionable to bash men for any reason whatsoever or do they have a point And I haven't figured it out. So you tell me, is it fashionable to just bash these guys for getting a vasectomy? Because it is kind of sleazy because they're going there to have sex. But, hey, let's face it, they're meeting women that are going there to have sex too. So uh, what's wrong with protecting yourself from an unplanned pregnancy? It's responsible when a woman does it. Well, why can't we say it's responsible when a man does it too? Here's the question. Um, What about in 10 years or three years or eight years when he wants to have kids? I guess he's got to get it reversed. That sounds like a lot of trouble. So that was, uh, I thought that was an interesting thing today. It was kind of funny because um, I know you're going to laugh at me, but I got my brows done today. They call it a guy brow. Fallon was telling me last week, she's like, she calls me Bert, like an Ernie and Bert. She says I have horrible eyebrows. And I probably do. So we're getting pictures taken tomorrow. So I went down to Spallon Montage, and I got my brows done. And I was telling the woman who was doing it, uh, her name is Asia, and she's funny and awesome and beautiful. Um, I was telling her about this story, and we were both kind of laughing about it. And she said, well, is it gross of the guys to do that? And I said, I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, had the guy brow thing done today. When I was probably about 18 or 19, I used to take my electric razor and shave between my eyebrows to get the unibrow off. Now, you can imagine how freaking unattractive that would be when I started growing razor stubble between my eyebrows. So my friend Lori, one of these friends that I've known forever, and Susan is not jealous about her at all, because Lori and I, were are absolutely friends and nothing else, and never have been. Lori said... You can't do that. You look like shit. You got to pluck, pluck those. Don't shave them off. Pluck your eyebrows out. Oh, really? I had no idea. Um, we were talking about friends who, I think, last week uh, on the podcast, when somebody had mentioned that um, it's good to have a friend who will tell you when things aren't just perfect, who will be honest with you and say, hey, you know what? that boyfriend's rotten, or you shouldn't have said that, or whatever. Uh, Okay, so we're moving on to the book, and because it is Memorial Day, I'm going to read a chapter out of the book that is called, it is chapter number six, I believe, yes, here it is, Thank Your Parents. Now, I hope your parents are still around, I hope they're around for a very long time, but parents get older and one day we've all got to adjust to the fact that our parents won't be here anymore so i have i mean I've, you don't really adjust to it i mean you do but you know it's kind of hard to explain you know what i mean you know you you always miss them but you kind of get used to them being gone my parents have both been gone for let's see 10 no 11 years and my dad's been gone for about 13 years so here's chapter six <clears throat> Appreciate your parents. They're not around as long as you wish they would be. My mom and I were pretty. Clo- my mom and I were pretty close when I was growing up. By pretty close, I mean I was a complete mama's boy. She spoiled me rotten, and I considered her one of my best friends, right behind my cigarette and booze providing buddy Scott. That is true. Scott was my best friend. Always kept me in the booze and the cigarettes when I was a kid. Uh, "'My dad and I weren't close when I was a kid, "'mostly because he was the old-fashioned "'and strict sort of parent, and I was a little asshole. "'I can count on one hand the number of times "'that my dad spanked me, but if he'd done it once a day, "'I tell you today, I would have deserved it. "'Dad was my Boy Scout leader, taught me how to shoot a gun, "'and made me help butcher chickens every 4th of July "'when all the other Americans were splashing around "'in a lake and having a picnic.' Growing up with a dad who made me work was a giant pain in the ass, and I completely hated it. I spent countless hours avoiding my dad by playing my Kiss records in my room, hoping he wouldn't come and find me. I swear I could hear the sound of his cowboy boots approaching my room, even over the sound of Detroit Rock City. The door would open without a knock. My cue to, quote, turn that noise down, unquote. He would say, I got a whole lot of wood up on the hill for you to cut up. Now, my dad didn't mean I could do it sometime next week or after I was done watching the Dukes of Hazzard. No, he meant now. And I suppose he allowed for some time for me to put on some shoes or maybe hit the bathroom first. But other than that, yes, he meant now. I swear he'd come up with meaningless work just so I wouldn't get in the habit of sitting around too much. If he found me watching television, he'd send me out to the hill behind the house to pick up sticks to use for kindling for the fireplace. Now, this was a totally unnecessary job because we already had a seven-story stack of kindling. If I wanted to go fishing with my buddies, he made me do some mundane chore first. Sure, you can go, he'd say, but there's a whole garden that needs weeding first. When I was about 20 years old, I moved my own apartment and it was bliss. No more wood splitting or chicken plucking or weed pulling Saturdays for me. No more answering to the old man. I remember... He was a little sad when I put my last load of stuff in the car and told him goodbye, but I didn't care much. I was free. Over the next 20 years, I noticed something. A lot of people are lazy. They do just enough work to keep them from getting fired. Now, this whole work ethic thing that Dad taught me started to pay off. While a lot of my coworkers muttered things like, they don't pay me enough to do that, or that's, my, that's not my job, People came to me to get things done because they knew I'd probably do it. Not only that, but I was pretty likely to do it right the first time. Mark Twain once said, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man learned in seven years. Hey, it's the same with my dad and me. All the work and responsibility that I hated as a kid prepared me to succeed in life. Before I got a chance to thank my mom for spoiling me rotten, she so slowly got dementia. And by the time I realized I wanted to thank her, she barely knew who I was. Um, hold on. Oh, there we go. I hope somehow she knew how much I loved her and appreciated all she had done for me. About a month before my dad died, I thanked him for all the things that he had taught me and for all the time that he'd spent, me with, spent with me when I was a kid. Dad was a man of few words. You're welcome, was about all I got out of him. But that was enough. I'm glad I got to say it. So that's the end of chapter six. Thank your parents for what they do. All right. uh, We're about wrapping it up. Um, I do want to touch on one more thing. I thought this was interesting the exterminator scam that's going through our neighborhood right now. Uh, These fake exterminators. Or maybe they're real, but they're really shoddy. They knock door to door and they want to do extermination in your house. And I looked, it just seems shady. Here's something you got to watch for. If they ever say whether they're exterminators or rain gutters or black topping or anything like that, I think one of the signs that they're bad or they're shifty is when they say, oh, well, yeah, the neighbors over here, the Johnsons did it, and the Jacobsons over here, oh, yeah, Mark and Teresa, oh, yeah, they're doing it over here. Oh, yeah, and the, um, the I don't know, the Olsons over here, yeah, they're doing it. I talked to the Olsons, because to me, that's a trick. Because you can look up their names in, I don't know, online, and find out who the neighbors are, and point around like you have a relationship with them. Anyway, as it turned out, uh, they are scammers, and... And I looked it up online. They'll go into your house, and they will sprinkle dead bugs on the floor when you're not looking. And they'll say, oh, yeah, you got carpenter ants over here. Oh, yeah, we got to treat these right away. Well, listen, let me just tell you, this is not a plug for Orkin. But if you've got bug problems, use Orkin or another one that advertises legitimately. Anybody that comes door-to-door just pisses me off. The only people that should be selling anything door-to-door are... Sports teams, Boy Scouts, and Girl Scouts. Anybody else that comes to my house, I don't want them I don't want, I don't wanna be bothered with them. I don't I you know I buy the coupon books or the coupon card or whatever that the, the girls soccer team comes by and sells and I'm happy to do it. The cookie dough that the boys football team or what I'd love doing it and Christmas wreaths and Girl Scout cookies, all that stuff. But I don't know, just really I don't know, just really bugged me and really annoyed me and um, they were out doing it again today. Okay, that, that really is going to wrap it up. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you, I don't know, tell a friend or send them, uh, you know, like a, a text that says, listen to the podcast. And if you want to, send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Uh, the book is available at uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's called Take a Shower, Show up on time and don't steal anything. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.